Well, it's good to have you here with us today. Um, I got 19% left in battery power on my iPad, so we'll just have to see how long we get. Um, that should get us through, I think. Um, anyway, um, I want to just quickly summarize um, the last couple of weeks. I've been talking on transformation. Anyone remember that? Awesome. That's the best response I've had in ages. Um, sorry? Uh, right, okay. Yeah, we do. <laughs> um, but what I've been just this week trying to summarize, because next week we'll obviously have a, a real emphasis on, on Christmas. I want to finish it this week and summarize it for us and try and put it all into perspective. Um, but I want to start in 1 John chapter 4, 19. You maybe don't turn there because you're going to know this verse off by heart when I read it, and it's very, very short. But you can re- take a note of it if you want to. 1 John four nineteen. It says, We love because he first loved us. And we know this, don't we? But when you think about that, it makes us remember why we even love people in the first place. It's because he first loved us. And it, got, it links with John 3.16, doesn't it? Because he loved the world, that he gave Jesus Christ. And so I want to just set that as the, uh, the real pinnacle today, that everything I say about transformation is embedded in love. Because we can't truly be transformed unless we know his love. And we can't transform others unless we know his love. And so the first week I really talked about moving from getting all the information that we have into transformation, into transforming who we are, into transforming our thinking, renewing our mind, renewing our hearts, keeping in his presence. And so it's a very personal thing. And then last week I shared on then taking that to the next step and then transforming the others in close relationship around us. Well, then the next group of people outside of that circle is the world, isn't it? It's individual, then it's the key relationship, then it's beyond that, it's in the world. And so I'm slowly building to this, but I felt to, to really embed it in 1 John chapter 4, 19. We love because he loved us, or loves us. And I, I want to keep that in the framework at the, whole, the whole time, because no matter how hard we try to transform ourselves, we can't be transformed unless we are saturated in his love. And we can't transform anyone else unless it's through his love. And I know we've all tried many, many times. I've tried in my own strength and you end up getting frustrated, don't you? Frustrated with people, frustrated because they let you down, frustrated because they don't meet up to your mark or your standard or your expectations. And, and that's because we all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Every single person in this room will let others down. We will not meet up to the mark. And that's why love has to be the vehicle for us to be able to view people. If we don't view people through love, we're always going to be disappointed by people. Always. They're always going to let us down. I'll let you down. Everyone in this room will let someone down. Because we are humanity. We haven't yet attained to our eternal uh, fullness yet. And so... um, I want to I share with you a story because um, it sort of depicts a little bit of what I'm sharing. But um, this, this is 
I'll preface this with this, that people who are on the transformation journey, and I mean a legitimate journey of being transformed into his likeness, um, or being transformed into seeing his kingdom released through us, it's a very attractive thing. And I don't mean attractive as in physically attractive. I just mean that when people are in that attitude or they carry that atmosphere, people want to be around you. People want to be around what you're doing. They want to see what's the ingredients that you've got that to, making, to making this attitude that you carry of positivity, of kingdom, of victory, of hope, of destiny, of transforming a circumstance which most people would see as something very, very negative or things going downhill. But somehow you're able to carry things and see the hope over the, over the mountaintop. And I know for me that um, the, the laws of attraction really, really work in that sense. And um, obviously we need a message of hope in this day and age with the world we live in and the things that are going on around. People need to hear the transforming power of Jesus Christ, not hammered at them, but if they can see it in us, if they can see him in us and they can just taste heaven and they can taste something that is life-giving and transforming, then it really makes a difference, doesn't it? I I saw this in... um, in our business, actually, when, um, when we, I think, I don't know how many years ago it was, but I'll say, you know, over 10 years ago, we'd had a couple of years and we'd bought our business and it was, it was growing, it was going very fast. And what we did is, um, well, I can still remember one of the first weekends when we ever bought the business and, you know, the whole factory, it was, it was pretty messy and dirty and smelly and old red bricks everywhere. And so Karen and I and a few of us, get, we gathered some friends and we all went in there and painted and, and sort of redid things up. And that began the transformation journey of our business. And it's interesting when I look back, that began, the law of attraction began to really take place in our business. Why? Because we were in the transformation process and we were transforming that thing from every single layer. I think back now to, to when we went into everything, software packages and websites and attitudes and job descriptions and every single thing of that, that place, we went through and we transformed it. We transformed it with, with the kingdom of God. We didn't write that on the job description. You must operate in the kingdom of God. No one would have even really known what that even means. But we were expressing the kingdom of God through our hands. And this is sometimes, I think, where us, um, we, we're Christians, where we struggle to translate the kingdom into the earth. We, we get it, we get the kingdom and we get scripture and we get prayer and we get all that good sort of stuff. But the translating into the earth is the difficult part. And I don't know about you, but it can get frustrating sometimes. You might come here on Sunday and you worship and, you know, you hear the word of God and you feel his presence and you get filled up. And, and, but then Monday comes or Wednesday comes or Friday comes or in a month's time, it's like, how do I translate that experience and that learning into my now? And it can be a really confusing thing because, you know, if you go to university or if you're in most workplaces, they're anti-kingdom. 
They're anti the kingdom of God. They don't speak that language. They have no clue. Scripture is not their authority for living. And all these different things begin to bombard us. So I believe one of the big keys for us in today's Christianity is learning how to translate the kingdom of God to make it real to us today, to make it real to those of us around us. I think one of the great things that we've learned from Wayne and Irene in, in Germany is that um, one of the things I think we were impacted by actually when we first met them was uh, the fact that they translated the kingdom of God in love through their eyes into your eyes. And I don't know if you experienced that when you sort of said hello to them when they're here. And yes, we're trying to lock them into coming early next year too, but we'll just sort of see how we go with that. But, but the kingdom of God, Jesus Christ who lives in them, is expressed through them. And so we, we can be, even in Australia, we can be very shy and withdrawn and inhibited sometimes. But sometimes that limits the kingdom of God being expressed through us because we obey the inhibitions more than we obey the kingdom. Or we obey our shyness more than we obey the love of Jesus being expressed through us. Because there are so many people who need what we've got. Everywhere we go, there's people that need what we've got. But we need to be able to translate it. And it's not in some super spiritual hyper whatever intergalactic gifting thing that like James Gold said. I mean, that's just way, it's too much for people. They don't get us if we get all hypo spiritual weirdo on them. But if we can translate the kingdom of God in a language and in their sp spirit to spirit, you know, deep cries out unto deep. And even those who aren't born again are crying out, even though they don't know it. And deep cries out to deep. And we have the deep. So the deep in them that doesn't even know the gospel is the way, the truth, and the life is calling out for our deep to be expressed and translated to them. And it could be as simple as, hey, I'm just going to buy your petrol today. No, and we don't even have to do any big drama. You know what I mean? But maybe, maybe you feel to give a word or share it or, you know, if there's an opening, pray for them, go for it. There's no problem with that. But what I'm saying is when we translate it in a, in a language they can understand, then it becomes real. And so I, I, we began to see this more and more in our business, the law of attraction with transformation. When we begin to transform what we're doing, it attracts more transformation. It's a multiplier. And it, and it doesn't end in the sense of the more we operate in a lifestyle of being transformed into his likeness and renewing our mind, the more transformation that takes place around us because people rub off on us and we rub off on people. And so an example of that is in our business after a couple of years of seeing this transformation taking place and really it was just the kingdom of God in us that wanted to see better and bigger and things improve and attitude improve and, and a whole host of things that, that we then um, did. And, and as God prospered that, we gave him glory every step of the way. I think I've told stories about this before, but there was a few things. You know, I was quite radical uh, back then. And so uh, I decided that we would, Reinhard Bonnke produced, I don't know, about 10 or 12 years ago, uh, uh, it was a it was a video. DVDs probably weren't as prevalent back then, um, but called Raised from the Dead. And so I bought 75 copies of Raised for the Dead and gave it to each one of our employees. Now, 
It was really good and I called it a seed, but I, I actually wasn't really translating into their context. It was like stage 10, they needed stage four. Do you know what I mean? And so, but anyway, hey, God honors that anyway. I still see some of those guys and they laugh about weird things that I used to do. Um, you know, when Passion of the Christ came out, I hired a whole cinema at Marion and took all of the employees there and forced them. <laughs> I said, you're not getting paid unless you come. I paid them to come and see Passion of the Christ. And so anyway, they came and, and uh, you know, I, there was only one guy who chose not to in the end and, and that was fine. But it's amazing how many of them had a seed. I used to go to church and I used to do this. And they, they came and mentioned it in, in the framework of, okay, we're going to see that movie. You know? So you just never know. But anyway, this transforming process kept on taking place. And, and the point I want to make is this, is that we got to the stage where transformation attracts the world. And we got to a stage where uh, we were bursting at the seams as a, as a company. And there were, you might remember, Mitsubishi plant was closing down. And so we decided, well, we're gonna, we want to expand. And we're going to go for a, a government grant that was being offered at the time. And, um, and we're going to go, go for that and see if we can assist in the growth period of building a new factory and facilities, et cetera, et cetera. And um, so anyway, we... we Started this journey and, and Karen, you know, every night was sort of work, helping me work through and, you know, I'd talk for hours, as she knows, you know, about, okay, how are we going to do this? How are we going to do that? And how's this going to work? And I'd, I'd written a full proposal. And this is to the federal government. This is John Howard and bless him, absolutely, what a man of God that guy was and still is, actually. I've got to honour him because, um, anyway, he, he had the vision to, to headline this, but... Um, so we, we spent months and months and months doing this and I put in a proposal for a big new plant and uh, uh, their money would slightly assist us in, in building this. And so anyway, I can remember being at a meeting which was like a, the worst job interview you could ever imagine because the biggest boffins of business in Adelaide were all sitting around the table in the city and here's me, you know, 27, 28, very skinny, and, um, and, you know, and so they, it was their time to bombard me with questions as to, you know, why am I applying for this? Who do I think I am? And so it was interesting to hear all the different questions around the room. But nothing, nothing in the world can suppress fruit. Nothing in the world can suppress fruit. When we have the fruit of the kingdom of God bursting out of us, it doesn't matter who's sitting on the other side of the room. Nothing they say or do can affect the fruit coming out of your life. And that's exactly what I went in with. I knew we were one of the fastest growing private companies in the state because BRW produced public lists with us on it. But, but at that time, it was something that it wasn't arrogance it was the transforming power of God that was living and breathing in us that I knew I could sit there and it didn't matter who said what. I knew that I had what they needed. Now, this can turn into arrogance and pride very, very quickly. And so it's a dial that we've got to be really close on, on knowing the calling and the anointing 
Or, or does it turn into arrogance and pride? And so this is a tangent we have to walk as the Lord promotes and as he brings success, we have to be very careful balancing these two things out. Anyway, I want to cut a long story short and say that, um, yes, that we got the most funding of any company. There's hundreds of companies who went for it. We got the most funding of any of them. Why? Because transformation in someone attracts transforming power. It's very attractive. It's irresistible. And, and when people see it and they hear us talk, they, get, they, they know there's something in what we're saying that has an anointing about it. They may not use that word, but it's the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And so this is a really powerful thing that I think to, to finish this series on is for us to understand that every single one of us sitting here, if we are a believer in Jesus and we have him and the kingdom of God lives and breathes in us, we have the transforming power of his kingdom to transform everything around us. Everything. It doesn't matter how bad it looks or how negative it may seem or whatever the situations may be. His power resides in you. His kingdom resides in you. It's how we activate it and translate it that really makes the difference. Because a lot of us may live, you know, a whole lot of our lives and never quite know how to translate the kingdom to other people. And it's, it's a big deal learning how to do this, becoming relevant to a person's needs, becoming relevant to what's going to actually help them right now. Actually, my problems and them hearing my problems, is that going to assist them this morning? Absolutely not. So I'm not going to give them my problems. I'm going to take them to Jesus. No man can probably solve some of them. I'm going to take them to him. And so then we give out the kingdom. So rather than give out what, what circumstances we may be fearing or suffering right now, we give out the kingdom. And all of a sudden, instead of worrying about, okay, did, did they talk to me? Did they look at me? Did they hug me or whatever else? We begin to be givers. And this is the evidence of a mature Christian. Here it is in a nutshell. You want it? Instead of being importers, we become exporters. And I, I, know, it's a, I know it's a business term. But when we can truly become exporters of the kingdom of God, I mean, all you imagine the power of God here this morning with this many people. It's staggering, the kingdom of God that can be expressed in and through us. And so when we're having that conversation with someone and they're going through all their problems and we say, hey, listen, I want to stand with you. I want to agree with you in prayer for a solution. You don't even have to have the solution. But stand with them. That's the kingdom of God. Or it might be that they've got a whole lot of issues. And so all you can do is you can bring the kingdom of God up. You bring it right there in the middle of the situation. Well, hey, we're going to believe for that. I don't want to listen to another five minutes of your problems right now. But I tell you what I will do. I'll pray with you right now. This is a mature believer. This is a mature Christian. And, and the other mature Christian who realizes, hey, you know, you're right. That was a God slap, but I'll take that. Let's believe for that together instead of having a divorce. Because that's what we've done for thousands of years. We take minor offenses and we have a divorce. Christians having divorces everywhere. Churches having divorces everywhere, 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 everywhere. And it's not the kingdom of God at all. It's flesh. It's, this, it's the Antichrist, actually, because it demoralizes the body of Christ when we're meant to be his body. 
strong and powerful, with authority, healthy, fit, hungry, pursuing the kingdom, releasing the kingdom. This is what we as a body are meant to express. And I praise God for how far he's brought us and that I can say things like that now and I don't feel daggers anymore because you're mature guys in the Lord. And, and I mean that in, in a lot of ways because God's brought us so far. And we praise God for that. We praise God for you guys so regularly. Even driving here this morning, I was saying, thank you, Lord, for the beautiful family in God that we have. And I'm not saying that to butter you up for a bad comment that I'm about to make, but I genuinely mean that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to really go on a rabbit trail here for a minute if you'll uh, just bear with me. But I've still got 14%, so we've got a good hour or so left, I reckon. Um, anyway, so I, I want to, I want to, uh, uh, I'm just trying to think of the wording. I think it was about six months ago, I told half a story, but I realize every now and then I realize I never really finished that story, uh, but it's a very pertinent story to what I'm saying this morning. And, um, and so if anyone can guess it, then I've got a hundred dollar bill waiting for you. But if you're really, really, anyway, um, <laughs> There's some attempts, I think. Hey, Ben, Ben's keen. <laughs> um, well, I tell you what it was. You might remember I told you the story. Uh, it, was, it was like three or four years ago. I can't even remember. Three years ago, I'll say, when I took John Arnott to the airport. And I dropped him off. And the last thing he said to us, Marty, go and just fall in love with your people. And I told you that story, right? And I got in the car and I got emotional. I actually cried which I don't do very often, because I thought, wow, how do I really even do that? I don't know if I can do that. And I've realized that even with what God's bringing to the fore today, that real, and so I'll finish the story before I keep going. Let me finish the story. It's, it's been in the last six months or so, six months, maybe even the best part of this year, that Karen and I, and I've actually even said to Karen, wow, I'm falling in love with our people. Isn't that nice? And, but this is a big thing for a pastor to say, right? You ask most pastors, do you love your people? I don't know what, what answer you're going to get. And I'm not saying I'm any better than any of them. But when there's been so much hurt, when there's been people coming in and coming out, and uh, a pastor keeps his heart to his chest. It's too easy to hurt. It's too easy to break. So that's why it's then easier to go to a routine and it's then easier to go to a program. Why? Because no one can hurt you if you're doing a program. No one can hurt you if you're doing a system. And actually the system works. It produces something. But we love because he first loved us. We don't love because people are perfect. We don't love because everyone's meeting up to our standard or I'm preaching a great sermon every Sunday or whatever else. We love because he first loved us. So if we want to be transformers, people that transform, we always start with his love. It sounds so easy, doesn't it? But for us, it's taken, you know, it's taken 37 odd years until we really went to Germany for us to actually fully see and it's not that people haven't done this around us but sometimes you have to be you know just totally blasted out of your current circumstances into a different circumstance to be able to see something different that maybe you've never seen before but we have seen the kingdom of God expressed through people so it's the love of God it's honesty yes 
But it's the love that overrides that that is very, very powerful because the kingdom of God is a kingdom ultimately of love. He wants us in his eternal kingdom. Why? Because he loves us. Sometimes I, I don't even know why, but he does. And so if we want to really be able to translate, and this is where the rubber hits the road, we need to be able to receive his love and give his love. And so that means when we're, when we're talking to someone, and you know what, here's, here's maybe a good thing to do. Practice in the mirror, because most of us love ourselves. <laughs> That's not a bad thing. You can't love other people if we don't love ourselves. And so practice in the mirror. Gaze into your eyes and speak the kingdom of God into that person. And then you begin maybe with your spouse or your friend or your sister or your neighbor or someone who's close, who you know it's not going to weird them out. But begin to release the kingdom of God in them. Say, hey, you're looking amazing today. Do you know how awesome you are? I mean, it's, it's so easy to say, isn't it? And yet we so rarely say it, don't we? This is the kingdom of God. And then once we've done that, we, can then, we then go to the next level and we can begin to really release that transforming power and encouraging one another, lifting one another up in his name. And when hundreds of people do that, I'm telling you, it's a very powerful thing. And this is a little bit of what we've seen with Wayne and Irene. And they've taken decades to cultivate that this is the kingdom of God. And it's not necessarily everyone running around doing their own thing. Actually, it's not that at all. It's, it's a, the peace of God being translated from one to another in love. And so there's no striving. There's no jostling. There's no competing. It's his kingdom in us and through us. And so this is, um, I've got a little bit off track, but I think, you know, that summarizes it, right? Yeah, that's a finishing up good. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Why don't you have, have a drink for a minute, everyone? Yeah, translation. <laughs> James chapter 2, 14 says this, What good is it, my brothers, if a man claims to have faith but has no deeds? This is a serious word, but it's an incredible word. Right now, today, every single one of us in this room has the dynamic, transforming power of Jesus Christ residing in us. No one can ever take that away. They might take your money. They might take everything else. They might take your house from you. They might take friends. They might take everything else. But the one single most powerful element in the universe, no one can ever take away. So what are we worried about? We get worried about so many different things, don't we? And I know it's, it's, it's kind of that time where fear can step in, in in the global climate right now. But no one can ever take the power of Jesus Christ, the person of Jesus Christ, away from us. He's in us and he wants to be expressed through us. And so I, wanna, I want us to take a minute, close your eyes. I want you to think about three, five, ten key relationships that you have. And I want you to ask him right now to be a transformer in those relationships. Not a dominator, not a terminator. I can't think of any other movie titles. <laughs> a transformer. So Holy Spirit, we take your word seriously this morning. And we apply it, we receive it. And we ask that you would embed it in our hearts. 
Lord, I pray that you would continue to increase the maturity in us as your people. Increase the depth in us that looks past all the problems and can see the kingdom, can see solutions, can see your scenarios, can see your answers to prayer. And Lord, as we stand as a body united, Lord, we ask that you would transform us as your people. Transform us more and more into your likeness from glory to glory. Lord, take us deeper and deeper. Our deep cries out to your deep this morning for more of you, more of your kingdom. Lord, I pray that you would help us tomorrow with those relationships, maybe the hard ones, maybe the strange ones, to be ones who transform the atmosphere by a word or a look or a hug or a no word at all. And Lord, I pray that you would give us a fresh anointing in this area, a fresh anointing, a fresh anointing to be those who carry and release and export the kingdom of God through the love of Jesus, one to another. May this whole region know about us, a people of God who love him and love others. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Holy Spirit, I pray you would begin to seal it on our hearts. Seal it on our hearts, even where there's difficult situations, where there's difficult relationships. We pray right now that your kingdom would advance in those relationships, that we would not take offense, that we would release love, that we would release honesty, but in love. Love covers a multitude of problems. And so, Lord, we ask, release your kingdom Let us carry, carry, carry the heavy, weighty glory of the presence of God in things we say, in our eyes, in our spirits. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Yeah, I want the worship team to come up. Why don't you stand? And um, I still got 11%. We could stay for another hour or so if you want, but... I want us just to sing this song, You're a Good, Good Father. And um, and then I just want to pray for a little bit after that. So let's just sing this together as, as Jackie leads it.
Yeah, Lord Jesus, we thank you this morning. And Lord, we ask that even right now, you may release a greater level of an unction of your presence to operate in love in your kingdom. Lord, I pray upon each one of us a fresh release of your anointing, a fresh release of your love, a fresh release of your power and your presence. Show us your glory, Lord, in this region. Show us your glory in our lives, in those who we encounter. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We bless your name. Well, I bless you this week. Have an awesome week. Join us for coffee afterwards. And remember, Tuesday night, if you're a member, Tuesday night, 6.30, here for an AGM. You can come down the front and worship if you really want to just hover for a while. We bless you this week.